And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodger Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition yet again in the Mass Skill Podcast. But of course, yours truly, Charles Parrish Ritchie. Uh, we're getting ready for the Steelers right now as they will be going into week number two, their, their 21st home opener making it officially 20 years ago since the Steelers moved in to the to their newly stadium at that time, Heinz Field. And uh, their very first game uh, in Heinz Field was against the Cincinnati Bengals back in 2001. Uh, since then, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, their all-time uh, home openers, uh, at, since moving into Heinz Field, uh, they have been a 16-4 and with only four losses uh, coming back in their second season on Sunday Night Football back in 2002 versus the Oakland Raiders, uh, which coincidentally they're going to be facing this Sunday, not the Oakland Raiders, but the Vegas Raiders. And then uh, the other three losses on that they had back in 2013 uh, when they had that horrific uh, 0-4 start to start off the season where they finished off 8-8. Then for the first time ever, Back-to-back uh, home opener uh, openers uh, with uh, losings in uh, 2018 and 2019 versus Kansas City Chiefs. And then last but not least, uh, the same game that we saw uh, Ben Rosberg's season will be shortly over back in 2019 versus Seattle Seahawks where he would uh, exit in some pain at the halftime and only be found out the next day he's lost for the season. And uh, here we go right now, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, looking to build up some nice momentum uh, starting uh, from this past uh, Sunday's uh, win versus Buffalo Bills. And uh, once again, too, I mean, let's take a look at that real quick. I mean, when we look at the key differences in that matchup, and I just want to apologize for everyone who was uh, listening to me on Monday. Perfect little audio background in the background. I kind of got that figured out. Got that figured out right now. We should be all set. But real quickly, I want to take a look at this uh, Steelers versus uh, Bills game that happened uh, back on Sunday before we get any further when they go prepare the Raiders. I mean, check this out. I mean, in the first half, we know offensively things were not really going their way. I mean, the defense was holding the fourth down all game. They only gave up one touchdown on the field goal, 10 points, and it really held them to only one touchdown throughout the entire game. I mean, when the Steelers, I mean, won this game – I mean, they outscore the Bills 23-6 to in the second uh, half uh, to win that game by 23-16. to So when we look at it, I mean, you look at some of the key stu- stuff right here, I mean, that really stood out. Aside from Ben Rosberg's passing, I mean, the passing was definitely uh, at a low in that first half. I mean, when you look at it, he only threw for 47 yards, uh, completing 50% of his uh, passes, going 6 of 12, and then he, he did get sacked twice, 
But then you notice in the second half, too, the offensive line really came together, uh, proved why they were the number one offensive line. Yeah, this is a new, uh, totally different group. But nice to see in the second half, no sacks for Strenger. I do anticipate the sacks to go up a little bit this year. I'm going to say over under at 20 sacks uh, this season. It, it, only because it's just uh, brand new uh, starters in there. I mean, just it's a clean slate. I mean, practically. So, I mean, you look at you look at it right here. I mean, what, what was some of the other stuff that stood out? One for six on third down conversions, uh, converting only seventeen percent against the Bills in that first half. And then also too, I mean, uh, in that in that contest, I mean, what else was going wrong too? I mean, only had seven yards from their running game, which also include Najee Harrison here. Uh, and again, again, it was only his first game. Like, see how he continues to warm up throughout the season, how he gets some chinks done. But don't forget, too, I mean, he also did point out the fact, too, Franco Harris, I mean, for the most part, I mean, when he played as a rookie, I mean, with the Pittsburgh Steelers back in 1972, same year they had, like, their first ever playoff win in franchise history, which uh, really started to turn things around. He didn't get his first 100-yard rushing game until his fifth game of the season. I mean, you look at, like, uh, some of the numbers, I mean, right here. I mean, he started off, I mean, like his first game, uh, 28 yards off of 10 carries, 35 yards, only went up seven the second game uh, versus the Bengals. And then he would miss uh, their game against the St. Louis uh, Cardinals at the time, but he did have 16 yards versus the Cowboys off of three carries. And then finally, he had his first 115-yard game versus the Houston Oilers. 19 carries for 115 yards. Yet, I mean, in his uh, rookie season, too, I mean, he did, uh, for the most part, when you look at it, he finished off the year with 1,235 yards of scrimmage. I mean, basically, uh, for the most part. And you really uh, look at it right there. I mean, just from an overall standpoint, and I think Najee Harris right now, you, you got to believe right now he's definitely going to be uh, held to some expectations. I mean, when you really uh, factor it in here, I mean, it's just uh, definitely really uh, an, an interesting time right now. I mean, the running game that Art Rooney has definitely made at his year-end uh, press conference following their playoff loss to the Cleveland Browns. So I expect that to get a little bit better. But then you, you swing things over to the second half in that game. I mean, too, like what really were some of the no noticeable uh, keys right there? Second half right here. I mean, we talked about the passing yards. Uh, that went up 198 yards more passing in the second half. No, excuse me, uh, for uh, passing yards, excuse me. Uh, he, he had 130 more yards, Ben Rosberg did, in the second half. This game was 174. Seven yards, one touchdown pass uh, with no picks. And then, like I said, too, I mean, uh, third downs started to get a little bit better. Uh, three of six in there. And then also, too, I mean, when you also look at it, too, I mean, for the most part, I mean, what was happening to, I mean, this, I mean, for the second half, as far as, like, all their drives? All five of their drives, well, technically four scoring drives right there where they legitimately – were able to move the ball down the field. They they converted all four drives, which include 
uh, going in the red zone, one for three. Now, the block punt, I mean, if he, I believe that did technically count as a drive because it was on special teams, a block uh, punt return for a touchdown. I mean, in that contest, and, I mean, you saw Ulysses Gilbert, he was about a factor of the return for that into the end zone. Thanks off to Miles uh, Kilbrew, who was on there, who made a spectacular block on that. And you saw it right there. And you really look at everything, too. I mean, with the Buffalo Bills, I mean, this is a team who was supposed to be coming in with an elite offense right there. Definitely flopped, I think, a lot of people's minds uh, for the most part. Uh, and you look at it right now uh, for this time. I, I really believe right now, well, what they got going on right now, I mean, they get, they're going to be playing a Raiders team right now who's uh, definitely rolling with a, a whole lot of confidence right now. And uh, thanks, Baltimore Raiders, but I get a little concerned. How's that going to translate into uh, this Sunday? I mean, week to week, as you think about it. I mean, th- I don't think this is a team that really uh, is something to be overlooked. I mean, I still feel like in their minds, they feel like they can compete with anybody in that AFC West. I mean, yeah, good uh, Broncos team right now. has got a pretty good uh, defense. I mean, this is uh, John Gruen, his uh, fourth time at the saddle. Not been really successful as of uh, late. But, I mean, John Gruen, for the most part, too, since coming back into uh, coaching uh, three years ago, in his fourth season, his second uh, with the, the newly Vegas Raiders, and uh, coming in here, I mean, he's only had one losing uh, – he has had two losing seasons. Last year was the first time they didn't have a losing season. They just finished 500. Remember, that will not be the case this year. Of course, uh, it's, it's either going to be a win or a losing uh, season. And you got to believe right now John Gruen is starting the is going to start feeling the pressure at some point uh, to really get this thing uh, turned around here. And uh, when when you look at it, I mean, for, I mean, the Vegas Raiders, I mean, he had a 10-year, $100 million uh, contract they signed back in 2018 just to come back out of uh, coaching. And then you also have uh, right here uh, Mike Tomlin, who is now coming in here. I mean, he had a three-year uh, contract extension here. I mean, done back on uh, April, as he'll be uh, sticking around through the 2024 uh, season here. I mean, going going into it. I mean, you look at. Uh, I mean, Mike Tomlin. I mean, for the most part, I mean, he's here for three years, but I mean, you got a guy like John Gruen who's been at uh, 10 years through a hundred million dollars, basically. And uh, and a lot of people are definitely uh, looking at right now is um, Mike Tomlin, I mean, uh, basically looking at it, he's going to be uh, having $9.5 million a year, uh, basically, 
uh, for the Steelers. I mean, in comparisons to uh, John Gruden's uh, 10-year, $100 million deal. So when you look at it, he's going to be at $38 million versus $100 million. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's just say this. I mean, Davis right now, I mean, just trying to do like his father. I mean, just win, baby. But, I mean, it's definitely a new uh, look Raiders uh, team at the end of the day. And you got to believe right now, I mean, at the end of the day, when you feel Steelers Raiders, I mean, a lot of people always, I think, remember this rivalry a lot more uh, back in the 70s right there. And for, for the most part, I mean, when you really look at it too, I mean, for the times that these teams like uh, met in the playoffs – uh, during these uh, con- these uh, contests right here, they met five years in a row, five straight years, and where the Steelers and the Raiders uh, met up. Steelers won four out of those five, or no, it, it, excuse me, they won three out of those uh, five years uh, back in 1972, of course, with the Maglet, uh reception, and then back in 74 and 75. And you look at it right now, what they've been able to do, I mean, from, from a rivalry uh, standpoint, I mean, I think a lot of these uh, legends right here, I mean, too, I mean, on here, I mean, like a guy like a Ted Hendricks, I mean, basically on the defense right here, who definitely uh, played uh, dividends right there. I mean, you think uh, right now, as far as like the Oakland uh, Raiders, I mean, that uh, team who's really uh, came with a lot of pride I mean, you look at, like, some of their guys, like, they had on defense when they finally broke through in uh, 1976 here, uh, back in the year. And you, you look at right here, I mean, you had, like, a, a free safety, uh, Jack Tatum here. I mean, also, too, uh, Bill, Bella, P, Villa Piano right here, outside uh, linebacker. I mean, uh, Willie Brown. I mean, Ted Hevericks right there, who's probably like the equivalent to like the Jack Lambert right there. I mean, a guy who's also made uh, two all-decade teams, uh, also a four-time uh, Super Bowl champion, won one ring with the Baltimore uh, Colts. I mean, a lot of it, too. I mean, when you really look at this uh, team here, I mean, as far as who they were, I mean, you, you think of John Madden, too, who's the ultimate leader of that group right here. I mean, you look at, uh, aside from that, I mean, like the guys they had on like uh offense right there. I mean, for the most part, I mean, including like uh their starting uh quarterback right now and Ken Stabler, who finally made the Hall of Fame, I believe it was back in uh twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen when he finally got inducted here. And I mean the other guys like on offense right here, they had uh, Gene Upshaw right there, Art Shell. And everything going on. And I was just hearing, like, uh, Coke and Joe right there, and they are just debating right then. I mean, possibly you could definitely say the 70s was probably, like, the best time uh, when the National Football League was good before it is right now. I mean, totally different game, yes, from a competitive standpoint. I mean, so much more uh, offense, I mean, definitely arising when they're trying to safen the game as best they can. I mean, definitely trying to emphasize on player safety, even though it's still a hard-hitting game. I mean, the Steelers and Raiders at this time are today's 
Steelers and Ravens, Baltimore Ravens uh, rivalry, if you really think about it. This is the original rivalry and how it just goes back. And I, I got to tell you, I mean, watching these two teams uh, lock up, uh, boy, they always bring it. And uh, we'll definitely be in for a treat uh, this Sunday. Hopefully it'll be in the favor of the Steelers right there as they're looking to pick up their 17th win at Heinz Field. Hopefully they'll go a 17-4 uh, lifetime. Once again, you guys can follow me on social media. You guys can follow me on Twitter at MattSteelCGR for the Steel Podcast and on Instagram at Nation here. So let's take a look at some uh, key notes here on the opening drive right now. Uh, Mike Tomlin did uh, mention in his press conference that inside linebacker Robert Spillane, uh, who has a shin, he is expected to be ready for Sunday uh, coming up. And let's take a look at the uh, injury report. Uh, so the good good thing is right now he's been a full participant uh, the two out of the three days of practice. He was limited on Wednesday, but he was a full participant on Thursday and Friday. So it seems like a pretty good chance he's going to be able to play right there, uh, get some snaps in there in this uh, contest right here. Uh, and then here's a few other people that appeared on the injury report right now. Uh, which would be key in my opinion right now. I mean, uh, more particularly, uh, Joel Hayden and Devin Bush right now. Joel Hayden, he's dealing with a groin injury. Uh, he is questionable for this Sunday's matchup. And, of course, you got Devin Bush right there who will be questionable. And I, I got to believe right now, when you look at the Steelers' uh, death chart, too, I mean, for going into this game, I think one thing that will definitely be a concern, if for some reason Joel Hayden is out of this uh, contest, Right here. I mean, you got Joel Hayden as a starting uh, left corner in this game. I mean, probably looking at like Justin Lane right now, probably the next man up, and probably see a little, a little uh, Witherspoon in here in this game. But Cam Sutton, I think that's going to be an interesting one right here, too. You also got James Pierre, a guy who's definitely been turning heads. I mean, not just in training camp, but in the preseason. I mean, he has definitely seemed to be a very uh, piece that's been on the radar uh, that's been going uh, noticed right here. I mean, you think about those guys right here and what they bring to the table as far as overall uh, value. Because I, as I got to tell you, I think a guy right now in Cam Sutton, uh, it is definitely going to be vital that he is able to, like, really hold on the fort and help set the tone. I mean, not only that, too. I mean, you'll have some guys to fall back on your safeties with Amiga Fitzpatrick. I mean, we'll be playing free safety. But let's see how, I mean, Terrell Evans continues to do. But I, I really believe right now, I mean, if Joe Hayden is out, I mean, look for these guys to really uh, step it up a little bit because I think that is going to be very key right here in this game. I think, if anything, I think that's going to be one of my first keys going to this game because I, I tell you what, Eric Carr, I mean, like him or not, I mean, for the most part, who's up – who has been sticking around, I mean, with this team, I mean, for a while now, I mean, basically, as we uh, look at Derek Carr, who is uh, entering his uh, eighth season with the Silver and Black. I mean, uh, guy is still pretty uh, phenomenal to watch. I mean, in my opinion, kind of reminds me of like a well-polished up version of Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, the way he uh, plays I mean, a guy who still had 27 touchdowns and nine interceptions last year, which is not bad. I mean, over 4,100 yards uh, passing in that season. I mean, you have uh, three straight years of going over 4,000 yards. 
I mean, since signing this contract extension back in 2017, thanks in large part to Leon's team to the playoffs. Now, the only part of this, I mean, a guy like Derek Carr, I mean, he doesn't win many big games right now. He has 48 and 63 uh, light, lifetime in his uh, career during the regular season. I mean, but at the same time, too, I'll tell you what, uh, one thing is, too, I mean, the Raiders have done a decent job of protecting the last few years. I mean, when you really, really look at it, I mean, was able to keep those sacks to like uh, under 30 in the last couple of years, 26 in uh, 2020 and 29 and uh, 2019. But I mean, this guy right here at the end of the day, I mean, it may not be a perfect marriage with Gruden, but you got to like this guy's heart. I really believe he's a guy who definitely uplifts some people right now. And then you also look at a guy like uh, Ben Rosberger. Ben Rosberger is playing in his 18th season right now. I mean, who's took $5 million less money to even come back. And, you know, a lot of people may be looking at Ben Rosberger and saying uh, he is not, you know, the same old Ben Rosberger that he once was. I mean, we're still having debates as far as him being the worst quarterback in the AFC North. I mean, if, if, if you're talking about, like, maybe uh, skill-wise – I'll put him third in the AFC North. I'm not going to put him at the bottom of the barrel because, let's face it, Lamar Jackson, listen to him, he's got the legs. I mean, he's still trying to evolve as a passer. He can pass good when he wants to. But consistently enough, all-around game and winning big games. I mean, if we're, if we're talking about, like, winning games, I'm going to go with Ben Rosberger uh, first for right now. I mean, they won the division. Obviously, they lost to uh, Baker Mayfield and the Browns in the playoffs. Of course, with Miles Garrett on the defense. I, I just and then Joe Burrow too. Listen, he hasn't proven anything to me. He hasn't proven squat. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm not going to doubt this guy ain't going to turn out be a decent quarterback, but he's still got to prove himself. I mean, how in the world do you play in your first season? I, I, don't get me wrong. There's We've seen a few uh, broken leg injuries with quarterbacks the last few years, a little bit more noticeable than uh, recent memory. But to have your leg broken in your first year, not good. I, I just I, – I, there is something wrong with that pitcher. To actually make me want to buy stock to this guy – that just because of the fact that he's uh, finally got himself a good receiver, I mean, from I mean his uh, playing days at LSU, that he is going to have a better second year. I mean, this guy has been a uh, national college football uh, champion with the LSU uh, Tigers, I mean, for the most part. But, I mean, when you also look at, I mean, who the Bengals took, I mean, with Jamar Chase, wide receiver, I mean, I mean, that was definitely one of his huge running mates right there. But I just, I, I can't see it. I, 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 I got to see more of this guy. Joe Burrow, he is not this uh, guy right now. I, I, I don't, I'm not buying any stock into a guy who's only played uh, last year. He's played 10 games. I mean, the same game, I think he got hurt versus Steelers where 
I mean, let's let's see. I mean, uh, his uh, game logs back in uh, 2020, a year ago. I mean, he got hurt during that game versus Steelers. And his last game that was played in 2020 was versus the Washington football team. And where he threw for 203 yards with a touchdown. Uh, completely 22 to 34 uh, passes. I, I'm just, I'm not sold. Not 10 games, no. If anything, if you want to hear, like, my rankings of the AFC North quarterbacks, I mean, when you really look at, I mean, I'll probably, I'll, I'll go with uh, Baker Mayfield, number one for right now. Then give me a Lamar Jackson, yes. And Ben Rosper, then Joel Burrow. I'll, I'll give him third. I'm not going to put him at the bottom of the list. Will not happen. Ben Rosper is still good enough to win in this league. I mean, when you also look at Peyton Manning, too, I mean, his final year. Listen, I mean, definitely two separate levels of quarterbacks. A guy who's been a five-time MVP in Peyton Manning uh, and has also had a pair of Super Bowl rings. You could argue as much as you want, I mean, that, you know, the defense won that Super Bowl. But guess what? He was still pretty damn good enough to, like, uh, do what he had to do to help get them back there. It was in large part of the defense, yes, but two years prior, he was still had one of his most successful, I mean, seasons yet as a quarterback. I mean, when you think of uh, Peyton Manning, uh, for the most part, I mean, when he uh, got back his uh, passing touchdown record, that year in 2013, his league MVP year, threw for 55 touchdowns uh, for 5,477 yards, I mean, in that season, that was the first time he ever threw for over 5,000 yards was back in 2013 and only having uh, 10 picks, I mean, for that year. So, in 2015, obviously, I mean, he was pretty much a whole sell himself. The neck injuries are pretty much uh, caught up with the guy. Only threw for uh, 2,249 yards, nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions. I mean, that season. But he was still good enough, I mean, to realize what he had and just what he had to do to not mess up a good situation. I mean, Peyton Manning, at the end of the day, I mean, deserves to be in the, in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he and a guy who's helped revolutionize the quarterback position. So let's go ahead and get some uh, other thoughts right now. So I got Ben Rosberg probably as the third best quarterback. I'm not sure if I'm going to put him in as number two, probably because of the added element. What we're seeing right now with mobile quarterbacks and also throw the ball, I, I, I probably give the Lamar Jackson for right now. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe change my mind throughout the season, give him the number two, even, even though the fact that they did uh, face jar one time in each other's career, Ben Rosberg and Lamar Jackson – He's one up them on the road. Let, let, let's think about that a little bit. Also, too, real quickly, before we move along, too, uh, according to uh, Ian Rapport of Avonville Network, Raiders defense tackle, uh, backup defense tackle, Jared McCoy, he suffered a season-ending knee injury in Monday Night Football's uh, victory versus the uh, Ravens. Uh, the Raiders uh, lead the all-time series in this uh, contest 16-13, uh, and 13. Uh, Mike Tomlin is two and four uh, in his career versus the Raiders, 
And you got to believe right now, I mean, this has definitely been like a frustrating team uh, for him to run into uh, coaching career wise. I mean, it's just mind boggling, like how they've been able to like not figure them out, especially on the road or at home, yeah, alone. I mean, the only time the Steelers really uh, convincingly, I mean, uh, beat this Raiders team, too, when you look at it and all their matchups under uh, Mike Tomlin, uh, for the most part, when they met all time. That was back in 2010. And I want to say they held them to only uh, three points in that game. Let's take a look at it. And that was other uh, head coach uh, Cable, I think it was at the time. But in uh, 2010, uh, they beat him down uh, pretty convi- convincingly in that game, uh, 35 to three, in in that contest. And that was in Heinz Field right there. And look at it. And last time they uh, beat them, I think Ben Rosberg he got knocked out of the game in the fourth quarter. Lance Jones had uh, Liam down for a uh, field goal drive right there. That was a game-winning field goal. What it was by Chris Boswell. And 2018, fast forward three years later, uh, here we go again. Lose to them once again. Uh, As they made it a lifetime 0-3 in Oakland. So you got to believe right now, I mean, this is a team right now. I mean, it's any given Sunday, but I think this is definitely a team you don't want to keep losing to. And I'll be a reminder, like, how Mike Tomlin plays down to lower opponents. Raiders will never be a lower opponent in their minds. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at, I mean, this Raiders team and what John Gruden has been able to do, I mean, the story of his coaching career, basically. I mean, he's only been good until, what, his, like, his fourth season in the league of coaching, when you really think about it. I mean, John Gruden, I mean, for the most part, I mean, who came into the league, I want to say it was his fifth season. Let's see. John Gruen, who who started coaching back in uh, 1998, yeah, his fifth season. His first, his first five seasons were probably his like legitimate uh, best at coaching. And it was where he went to the playoffs uh, three out of those five years. And he took the Oakland Raiders as far as to the AFC Championship game. Of course, they had bad luck the following year when they uh, – Lost to the New England Patriots, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick with that tuck rule on the road in uh, Foxborough, uh, which they should have held on one. I mean, they pretty much got screwed over in that game. But what did he really do? I mean, he uh, got let, he got fired by Al Davis. Or not fired, but I think he got dealt away. He got traded away and had a lot of uh, draft uh, value, first-round picks, and uh, return for – Ruin the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They paid the King's ransom to get him, but he was able to lead the Buccaneers, a Tony Dungy uh, veteran squad, with the likes of a Warren Sapp, a Mike Litch, Derek Brooks, and able to finally get him over the hump. Versus Mike Tomlin, who's never had a losing season. I mean, he's finally did it with his team. I mean, back in 2008, even though a large part of that was Bill Cowher's team, let's be honest. But, I mean, at the same time, too, Mike Tomlin did make it clear that he was not going to be running things Bill Cowher's way. 
uh, he was going to be running things his way. So for that regard, uh, for that alone, I mean, it should be enough to answer and put the thing to the rest if that was his team. I mean, where he inherit Ben Roethlisberger or not, he still had to put his imprints on her, I mean, his motivation, however he had to do it. Let's go ahead and uh, move the chains along real quick now. Uh, Stephon Tewitt right now. Uh, Stephon Tewitt, who's been having an emotional offseason, of course, losing his brother in a hit and run uh, this past uh, June. And uh, you can only imagine where his mind, heart, and soul continues to be right now. Uh, he started the injury on, I mean, the season reserve and injured list. But according to one teammate, uh, Tyson Alalu, uh, he believes he'll be returning soon. Start defense tackle. He went a uh, surgical procedure. There have been a lot of questions regarding when the Steelers might expect him back in the lineup. Uh, according to Alalu, he says, I see him in there every day doing his rehab. According to Alalu. Uh, gesturing toward the UPMC Ruling Sports Complex uh, Wednesday as the team wrapped up practice. Uh, as they prepare for the Sunday versus Raiders, or home opener, uh, I'll allow continues to go on to say that I know it's going to be soon. I know he'll come back ready and ready to do the same thing he's doing last year. I think he'll even do uh, other. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, that will definitely uh, be interesting right there. And when you look at it, I mean, for the most part, I mean, I mean going to this uh, contest here, uh, for for the most part, I mean, you look at like uh, under Keith Butler, basically, and I mean, you look at like uh, what he's been able to do as far as like, uh, I mean, with his uh, defense and stuff too. I mean, I mean, Stephon Tewitt, by the way, I mean, he finally cracked double digit sacks for the first time in his career uh, last year. I mean, where he had a uh, eleven sacks. I mean, he was finally able to uh, do some damage right there. I mean, he's had 246 uh, career uh, total tackles here, with 176 of them being solo. Uh, 9-4 quarterback uh, hits, which uh, also was a career high last year. He had 25 of them. So he was definitely laying out some punishment right there on that defense front alongside uh, Cam Hayward. So, I mean, he really started to come into his own a little bit. Uh, right here. And uh, Stefan Tewitt, I mean, for the most part, I mean, listen, I mean, this is a guy, I know the expectations are still a little bit high for him. I mean, trying to have him, like, uh, really uh, do well and succeed. But, I mean, uh, Tewitt, I mean, he, he's still a nice uh, anchor for this team alongside a guy uh, with Cam, in my opinion. I think, if anything, like, well, he, he just brings, I mean, he just brings a nice, good continuity. I mean, that helps uh, generate uh, the pressure that they so desperately need up front when it comes to uh, laying out quarterbacks, make some key hits, making some plays, I mean, for the most part. And, I mean, to it right now, I mean, he's definitely a big reason right now when you look at Keith Butler's uh, defense, who's actually in his – uh, sixth year uh, for the most part. And the defensive ends uh, on the on the team right now, they had 307 sacks in Butler's six seasons as defensive coordinator. Uh, the defensive end ends right now, uh, they are second on this list, contributing 60, I mean, 60 and a half of those uh, 307 sacks 
So the edge rushers have really done a phenomenal job right here. I mean, when you really uh, look at it, I mean, contributing for 179 uh, sacks, uh, which is about 59% over, over half. So 59% right there. And then you also look at it too. I mean, I mean, one thing that's been very noticeable too, I mean, for a, a Steelers team who's usually like in the top uh, 10 as far as like blitz percentage too, I mean, their first game, only one blitz off of 56 uh, quarterback uh, dropbacks in this uh, game. I mean, when you look at I mean, in the first game for 1.8% uh, blitz percentage versus in the past – I mean, they had, I mean, 700 blitzes off of 1,888 quarterback dropbacks for about 38%. And usually, I mean, uh, blitz percentage, which has become a stat on pro football reference since 2018, uh, as far as blitz percentage goes for the Steelers, I mean, when we really look at it, I mean, their best ranking was that very first year was in 2018, where they were second at about uh, nearly 39%. And that, that's where you look at it right there. And I think for right now, let, let, let's think about this here for a second. What do you really feel like well, right now? I mean, off, I mean uh, of course, the edge rushers are, are like really uh, controlling this, winning this battle. And I, I, think, they'll, I think they'll be able to get – more to, uh, I mean, Derek Carr this Sunday. I have, no, I have no doubt in that. But I mean, look at it too. I mean, as far as like uh, sex, I mean, it, it's definitely gonna be really interesting how they're able to do this here and uh, keep that going. I mean, is this gonna be more of a different style of defense where we're gonna see them be a little bit more uh, patient with blitzing? So they could be a more well-balanced uh, defense here. I mean, for the most part. And I really will be uh, a lot interested to see how they how they're able to get that going right now. For the most part. And. I mean, versus the Raiders, I think it's definitely going to be uh, real interesting right here. How, how they're able to continue to play smart and uh, do things w way better. You guys uh, got any questions or uh, comments, concerns, uh, feel free to uh, – Hit me up on the, my Facebook page, which I'm streaming live off of right now uh, at Mass Steel Nation. You can just also uh, look at it, too. Uh, you can also follow it, uh, Mass Steel uh, Podcast, for the most part. And also, too, uh, right now, I mean, which is uh, very uh, cool right now, Steelers right now, 74 uh, straight games uh, with a sack. They'll be looking to make it 75 uh, games right now. And I, I really got to believe that's going to be uh, very telling right there. They'll uh, keep that going. And 
I'll be I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I would really like to see that trend continue. I mean, if anything, the Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way, I mean, uh, sack wise, I mean, they've hit an all time high. I mean, with their uh, sacks, and I think that was back in uh, 2017. And we're let's see, uh, for the most part. I mean, the Steelers right now. I think I think their uh, career high in sacks uh, came back in uh, twenty seventeen, and where they had uh, fifty six, uh, which was their uh, record that year. And uh, that, that was the first time right there where the Steelers right there, they have four straight seasons of 50 sacks or more, which is very noble. I'd like to see if that trend will be able to continue. But uh, anyway, uh, back to Keith uh, Butler right there. I mean, uh, the Raiders right now, I think they'll definitely uh, could have their uh, work cut out possibly as they were 23rd and giving up the least amount of sacks right now uh, for this uh, contest here. Uh, going into this uh, contest right now. And also, too, I mean, uh, one other person that uh, made this uh, injury report a few days ago, or a day ago, yesterday, was Eric Ebron. Uh, he practiced today. He was on the injury report uh, yesterday due to a hamstring injury. The one guy that has already ruled out uh, for this game will be uh, Carlos uh, Davis right now uh, to keep an eye on. So, I mean, as far as, like, uh, Carlos uh, Davis right now, he is a backup uh, defensive end. So I would imagine uh, for this game right now, I mean, the, be backing up uh, Chris Warmbly right now. Uh, we have uh, Lauer Milk available or who they'll be able to call up. Uh, we shall uh, see how that uh, train continues to roll right now. Also, too, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick right now. Uh, Keith Butler seems to uh, think that uh, he's drawing comparisons uh, to pro football Hall of Fame safety, Troy Polamalu. Uh, when asked about moving Fitzpatrick, uh, two-time pro, all-pro safety, around the defense, the same matter Steelers did with Polamalu when he was in this heyday. Butler said it might not rise to that level. I mean, I mean, he was pretty much given the green light to line up anywhere on the field as long as he got to his assignment area at the snap. Well, it would be similar. He says, not as much, I don't think. But he's a good player for us, uh, Butler said uh, Thursday. We like what he can do. We're going to move him and use his versatility. Don't look at me wrong. I think Fitzpatrick, he is definitely a very valuable uh, safety as a position. I mean, you could definitely make an argument, too. I mean, he, could probably, he was probably like second or third on that list in 2019 for team MVP. I mean, clearly, I mean, that year right there, there was a TJ Watt who won it back to back years, I, I believe. But still, I, I think for right now, I mean, when you look at a guy like uh, Fitzpatrick, I mean, uh, no doubt. I mean, he's uh, a big uh, splash player for this team and really does a lot of damage right here uh, as far as like with defenses. 
but you can just definitely uh, move around and uh, really make some noise. But I mean, still, I mean, when you look at like uh, Fitzpatrick too, by the way, I mean, let, let's look at his numbers right there too. I mean, he had the most interceptions a year ago with four. He had four picks. I mean, there, and then you look at 2019 too. I mean, his other numbers too uh, for uh, Fitzmagic, I guess you could say, uh, for the most part. Uh, he was uh, tied for first with Joel Hayden. So, I mean, each year, I mean, this guy is a uh, top in interception. I'm not sure if I'm ready to call him Troy Powell Myologist yet, but he, no question, in fact, he is a game changer. I think the only thing about Troy Powell Milo, in fairness, he was just more unpredictable where he was going to be on the field. I mean, as far as, like, uh, crouch, crouching up to the line of scrimmage, I mean, they will like, not only get after the quarterback, but also make some key interceptions, too. Uh, some real big plays that could really uh, turn your opponents upside down. And you look at Fitzpatrick, too. I mean, I mean, let's look at this, too. I mean, Monday's, I mean, Sunday's game, he played 48 of his 85 defensive snaps at the free safety position. I mean, when you look at it. And the Dolphins, I mean... Which, by the way, I mean, since they had uh, Brian Flores as their new head coach back in 2019, uh, replacing Adam Gase, uh, him and the staff want Fitzpatrick to play even more in the box as a dime linebacker. And his first two games of that season, he played 44 snaps in the box, 33 at free safety, uh, 26 at slot corner, and seven snaps outside. Uh, from that time period, he did request a trade right there. And uh, thank God they come over the black and gold. And I tell you what, right now, I mean, you talk about, I mean, getting T.J. Watt his money right now. Where would the Steelers be without a guy uh, like Mika Fitzpatrick, who's definitely making a lot of his contributions, making a lot of his noise over here? And uh, that, that's where I think about that. But uh, let me know your thoughts right now. Uh, fair to say, I'll go with fair foul right now. Let's 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 get into it that Mika Fitzpatrick, he is this game changer, as was like Troy Palomalo. Draw the comparisons, I will say foul for right now. I'm not going to go that route. I do think he's a game changer, but I don't think he's on the level of Troy Palomalo. I do think he has the ability to affect games. I mean, he's a guy who is definitely a ball hawk at the free safety position. I mean, if anything, I'll probably give him like a little bit more of a comparison to like maybe like closer to like a Rob Woodson maybe. I mean, the only difference is he's just he's just in play. I mean, Fitz ain't playing corner. But as far as, like, uh, creating takeaways, I mean, this is that guy, the cream of the crop for this defense that really elevates things uh, going into it. And a guy that's really the Steelers been very thankful to have on their team. I mean, for what he's able to do and what his contributions are. And you got to believe right now, I mean, uh, Fitzpatrick right now, who, by the way, right now, he has fifth-year option. He'll be going uh, into his uh, final year uh, next season, hopefully getting a new contract. Uh, he's going to be uh, making $10.612 million in 2022 uh, with all that money uh, being guaranteed. I mean, his whole rookie deal was uh, basically he had a full guaranteed uh, contract, basically. And uh, last year he was able to make uh, 
over $2.722878 million in that year. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, this year, excuse me. I mean, last year was able to make over one and nine, three quarter million dollars. I mean, for the most part. Uh, let's see what happens right now. I'm definitely beginning some uh, game plans uh, for show blitz. Uh, remember, that is going to be the new uh, pre and post game right here. You'll be here uh, every uh, Sundays, uh, basically. But uh, for uh, this game, you'll be hearing it uh, tomorrow evening instead. It'll be a Saturday night special. Uh, so get ready to tune in with me uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll do one here at uh, 9 p.m. at the latest uh, Central Time uh, for Show Blitz, uh, previewing the Steelers versus Raiders. We're going to do 30-minute uh, pre- and post-games. Uh, the podcast throughout the week is going to be an hour. And I apologize, everyone, for all the back-and-forth uh, scheduling, but just been having to figure out my schedule. I'm going to do Mondays and Fridays uh, going forward at 8 uh, Central Time. Just got to spread some stuff out uh, throughout this time. Also, too, real quick, let's get into another thing right now for this season. Uh, as we uh, looked at uh, NFL power rankings right now, it's that time after uh, week one going into it uh, for right now. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, going into uh, week number two, according to NFL.com, uh, they are uh, – Fifth, after moving up from uh, the 10th spot, they moved up five spots this week thanks to that victory over the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and according to NFL.com, they're definitely good enough to leapfrog them, who, which, by the way, the Bills uh, going into week one, there were three. They dropped three spots. So here are the top 10 teams according to NFL.com. You got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, the fighting Super Bowl champs at number one, followed by the Chiefs. I mean, deservedly so. I mean, to blow a nine-point lead late in that game, the Browns did, I, they had that game won. I mean, I know you're playing against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you can't bet against him these days. But, I mean, Browns, I mean, they pretty much, I think they had them right where they wanted to. Unfortunately, had a quick score moments later. You got the Rams at number three. Uh, I, have no, I have no argument with that. Let's look Matthew Stafford. I mean, he had a real damn good game uh, Sunday night versus the Bears right there. Three touchdowns, zero picks, 310 yards passing, I believe it was, uh, in his debut. And you got to believe Sean McVay is just, uh, I mean, chopping at the bits right now. Like, what more he could do, bring out in this offense, as opposed to, like, what he was unable to do with a guy like Jared Goff right now, who is with the Detroit uh, Lions here. And then uh, followed by the Rams at number four, we had the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, very encouraging uh, opening uh, victory as uh, they move into the four spot, uh, jumping from the seventh spot, uh, basically, as they won their very first game of the season uh, versus the Colts, 28-16. Uh, to 16. Then you also, like I said, you got the Steelers coming in at number five. Bills are at number six. They dropped three spots from three to the sixth spot. Then followed by the Bills, you got the Ravens right there uh, at number seven, uh, who are fifth. Moved down two spots through that upset loss uh, to the Raiders. Then you got the Browns, who are number eight in week one, uh, stayed where they're at. So they, I mean, the good thing for them, they didn't move down, 
but they didn't move up either. Then you got the Niners and Saints. Niners stayed uh, the course right there. Uh, they were entering into that week one at number nine to stay at number nine, according to NFL.com. And then the New Orleans Saints uh, right there. Who would have thought the New Orleans Saints? Now, let me tell you something right now. I mean, Aaron Rodgers right now, I mean, who has definitely been a frustrated man, I mean, the last few years. I mean, feeling like, you know, his days are possibly being numbered. Just unsure if, like, the Packers want in that fold as their guy. Draft a guy in Jordan Love without communicating to him. Then you take the ball out of his hands on fourth and goal, NFC Championship game. And not only that, it's been a season of soul searching for the guy. And right now, I've been trying to force the hand to get traded out of Green Bay. I mean, no matter what he says, I mean, putting on the nice uh, face and just saying he wants to finish his career as a Packer. But I tell you what, to get beat down the way they did, 38-3, and already having two picks in that game, uh, pretty sad to see how things are starting off right now. I mean, if you're a Packers fan, I mean, going into that, because it's just not that guy you want to see on a Sunday, the way he looked. And not only that, though, too. I mean, he just says only the first game of the season. I mean, he was pretty upset. But, I mean, for him, I mean, just come back in there, like he's going to pick up where he left off. And was very unsure if he was even going to come back and uh, play this season. I mean, he was possibly looking at his own future right there. He only got sacked once, but he threw, I mean, just two interceptions in that game. Then you saw Jordan Love come in there. He threw five or seven for 68 yards. No touchdowns by either quarterback. I mean, James Winston, he didn't, he didn't necessarily out. I mean, he pretty much out quarterbacked Rodgers in a way. I mean, he didn't show much in the pass yards, but five touchdowns and zero picks right here. I mean, I mean, Sean Payton right now, he's definitely true, proven to show why he is probably the number two or number three coach in this league. And we see reasons like that, especially continue to do it, continue to do it right now with the retirement recently of Drew Brees. And uh, that's where you have it. And uh, let's get into one more or fair or foul. Sack streak will come to an end. I'll say foul on that one for right now. I think they'll keep it going this Sunday versus the Bears. And that'll do it for this edition here on the Mass Steel Podcast. I want to thank everyone for uh, tuning in here. Once again, you guys can follow me on Twitter at MassSteelCGR and on Instagram at Nation. Uh, feel free to keep it here every Sundays uh, for the pregame. Like I said, tomorrow we're going to be uh, doing a Saturday night edition of Steelers versus Raiders. So make sure to keep it here. And then on Instagram, you can follow me again at Mount Steel Nation. As I leave you, don't be trolling. Be rolling. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. I got it.